0: welcome to another episode of Unsure. I'm Nai and I'm Sim and today we're joined by Daniela. Hi Nai, hi Sim, hi everyone. So today we're Unsure about why the subject of miscarriage is still so taboo.
1: Yeah I didn't realise myself how yeah. often it happens to people really until I had my daughter. Um, it's quite often isn't it?
0: Yeah I mean if you look at the stats purely um, one in four women will experience miscarriage. Um, and miscarriages are actually a common occurrence. So, Daniela, you're joining us today to share your insights with us. You have um, experienced baby loss uh, by way of a miscarriage, Um, so thank you for joining us today. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. I'd say to start the conversation, you clearly have come on our platform to talk about this, so... You're happy to talk about it first and foremost there's so many women that that don't um so thank you very much first firstly uh, so in terms of um your experience then so you suffered a um baby loss a miscarriage do you want to talk to us a little bit more about that just to kind mm-hmm. of um give some uh, set the scene for our listeners
2: yeah of course um it was and the reason I wanted um, I'm so glad that you guys are willing to talk about this and want to share about this is because uh, this is like you said it's just not a topic that people are talking about and um, I think it's really brave of you guys to say you know what we're gonna we're gonna tackle this uh, subject as well um, so thank you for letting me come on um, yeah no I have a toddler and um, and I experienced a miscarriage not the summer, the summer before. Mm-hmm. And, sure. um, and so it would be my second pregnancy that I had a miscarriage and, um, and there was, it was just a shock, even though I had been through a pregnancy, this was a shock. Yeah. Just
0: from conversations, cause we are friends <laughs> and you have said to me, um, previously <laughs> that because your, um, mom and sister had a, a miscarriage in their kind of lifetime you kind of fully expected to have one Mm. do you think that echoes kind of a lot of women's feelings about miscarriage
1: Mm, I I wouldn't agree with that to be fair Mm. would you agree with that Daniela in terms of
2: I've never had one but no I don't think no I I don't think I would agree with that I, I think it was just maybe something um something in, in my head so it was actually just for my first um child that was the uh, for that uh pregnancy that was the one that i had a hard time connecting with my baby during the first trimester because i fully expected that i i could miscarry so for the second one it wasn't for, for whatever reason i it didn't cross my mind so i don't i mean it, it, if you're in the place where you're one to expand your family I don't think it's something that you would consider and none of the information out there so when you're looking at all those like baby blogs and um all those like mommy help books you know whatever none of them will um talk about the miscarriage they always talk about what you're going through in your first trimester sure and I I
0: feel like because it is so common where where are women supposed to go for this information because it's it's happening every day So where, where do women go for information?
2: What advice would you give women out there? Uh, That's, um, so I guess, I mean, a lot of times I would tell you to go to your doctor to kind of, um, to talk to them about what your options are. And I think, so I guess a question for both of you guys that I was thinking when you guys were, were going through your pregnancy. So your actual birth, did you guys feel ready for it? Did you feel that you, you know, you, you had taking your nct classes which anyone in the u.s that is um it's the uk's version of like a pregnancy courses so um like through nct through your hospital you received all the information about the birth so for the most part we had an understanding about what to expect during pregnancy would you guys say the same yeah
1: so nct i guess is like antenatal classes that we would call in the uk is that right it's like
0: a group isn't it yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah. And do they, you feel you they tell you about s- like breastfeeding and everything else.
1: Mm. Um, to be fair, I didn't have antenatal classes till I was um, in my third trimester. I was really conscious of what could happen. I tried not to celebrate the pregnancy too much until she was actually here, which is quite sad, really, isn't it? Like, mm. but I really did. I didn't really buy lots of stuff before she came because I didn't want to jinx it. Um, and if I could do it all again, Mm. I probably would celebrate it more Actually how common it is And it, it horrified me Because I didn't think it was that common I thought it was a rarity mm. So that made me even made, I was yeah. even more on edge if I'm honest That makes me
0: think Is it a rarity just because people aren't speaking on it?
2: Um, yeah
0: Yeah, And I guess it's a two way
2: no. Wait so are you saying is it a rarity Is a miscarriage a rarity Because people um, don't speak about it Is that what you're saying or
0: No the fact that when um Sim was looking at resources while she was pregnant
1: there wasn't much around
0: kind of thing is that what you saying uh, say?
2: oh
1: yeah I, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you get told that actually you have a baby and you have the baby um and you try and do as much as you can to keep healthy <laughs> really and it's like what you were saying Nina, in a previous conversation before that actually oh. when it comes to miscarriage because if you do suffer that, no one really talks about it, do you? Which I can understand. It's not mm. the kind of subject you want to just go and talk about. Mm. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's- everyone tiptoes around you, I guess. But I suppose, Daniela, you could explain that more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the actual, so the reason I had asked if you guys knew about like the birth process is because the miscarriage, I had no information. I had no um I, yeah, I just had no clue exactly what my body was going to go through. So oh. even I ended up with a cesarean for my daughter, but um, but for the miscarriage, I, I didn't know what physically I was about to experience. And I think that loss of control, that loss of, um, I mean, there's also a loss of a life, you know, like there was there was so much that you're trying to, you know, like just weeks prior, I was celebrating this life. And, you know, just a mere few weeks later, I'm, i 'm in this silent grief and and but it 's this unknown territory of what is out there, so um, just to give a couple of um, i 've heard this especially with the pandemic. this is why I want to bring this up with the pandemic i think it 's even more exacerbated because you a lot of women are going in for their scans and they 're being told that the well, sorry the women that are experiencing miscarriage they 're being told that the child is no longer viable mm-hmm. and but they're not there with their loved ones. No they're right. not there with their partners. Yeah. Um, exactly. And they're being told to, oh, and I've heard this from a couple of women just in the past four months, I've helped three friends walk through their miscarriage. And mm. I've been told by two of them that they were told to go into the next door room and just take a pill that would induce the miscarriage. Yeah. And they hadn't even told their partners yet. They hadn't even mm. been able to say, Hey, like I'm, you know, the, what is this going to look like? They haven't even processed that, you know, they had just lost a child. So, um, so yeah, so that's why I I do think that I think we're getting a bit cold, especially with the pandemic because we can't have loved ones around. And that's why it's good to talk about what options are in what can women do um, Mm -hmm. to, to go through a miscarriage in a way that's healthy for them afterwards, because they're going to have to process this. They're going to have to grieve and they uh, they don't grieve a lot of times but i i think um i think to get through this they need that information do
0: you think it's the same grieving process for men just out of interest because obviously we're talking mm. a lot about women here there's dads mm. as well that are going for exactly the same yeah um you're saying about in terms of like covid where dads aren't actually allowed to be in the room kind of thing do you think that will make them process it differently because they they missed that crucial um point um, I'm just trying to trying to work yeah. out how much it will impact their healing.
1: I think it would. Yeah. yeah I, I um, having two brothers and knowing how they would react to something like that, I think it would. Yeah. yeah. I think they've got less control, haven't they? Than men, women. Mm. Women can kind of gain some control of it, which I know you said, Daniela. You feel control but at least we've got some control because it's our our body. Whereas men, they've just got no control whatsoever. So what I can imagine yeah. that must be harsh.
2: Yeah. So in, in some ways I can understand what these women are going through in the sense of we had just moved to California. We uh, were just getting settled. I, we had been in our new apartment for um, about a month when I went through this. So we needed someone to stay with our daughter, but we didn't, you know, we didn't know that many people. So I was actually in the hospital and out of the hospital quite a bit by myself, um, and like Ubering back and forth because um, I was too weak to drive. So, and he was staying with our daughter. So I think for him, there was that, um, I think it was a disconnect because physically he wasn't experiencing it. He could just, he could just hold me as I, as you know, as, as I just cried and, and and just wept and and then he also had my daughter who was unsure of what was going on and and very um you know she knew she knew something was wrong so she was distressed as well and so i think and and i wouldn't just say men i would also say women because you know same-sex partners i think there's not a lot of resources out there for them so um for the you know there's there's a little bit more of like grieving support for um, for the women who have been through the miscarriage, but there's not a lot out for the partners. I will definitely agree to that. So I think it is a different sort of grieving process and, um, and I know at times it's it's still like something that I want to talk about, but it's not always something that my husband's comfortable talking about.
1: I mean, did you want to talk, obviously my natural thing, if I had someone that I knew that had gone through that I wouldn't feel compelled to go and speak to them unless I was really close to them. Did you want to talk about it or did you feel like everyone actually kind of left you to it because they felt that you didn't want to talk about it but actually in fact you probably would have liked to talk about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I knows because I'm I'm just such a verbal processor. I I need to to speak. It doesn't mean I need to tell everybody, but I do <laughs> need to verbally process what is going on. So I did, you know, I I heard from some people that said, oh, that's why we don't tell people until we're in the second trimester. Mm. And that was harsh. Like it was so harsh. Mm. And I know that they didn't mean it in that manner, but they, they didn't, um, uh, I needed to process. And for me, exactly. And for me just to kind of like, just hide that grief. And that's what so many women do is this is, it's called the greatest silent grief because, Mm. you know, we, You know, one in four women have been through a miscarriage, right? But do we know that? You know, because so many of them, they they just cover it up and they continue to be moms. Like, you know, I had to continue to pick up my daughter from her nanny share, or um, had to continue to um, to move on. So I've heard women that are uh, managing teams, or they're running departments, or they're you know whatever they're doing their jobs, and they have to pick up and keep going, but they've just lost their child and no matter if it was expected or unexpected, um, I think that that's still a loss. Is it hard when you've gone through something like
1: that, seeing other people with kids or not? I mean, at the time, obviously you probably <laughs> got through it now, but at the time was it was hard seeing baby other bumps. people. Yeah, seeing <laughs> baby bumps everywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it was for a while. Um, and, uh, and so I remember. Oh, I remember clearly I... I was supposed to meet up with uh, someone I hadn't seen in a while and I wrote to them and I felt I could confide. So I said, you know, I just went through a miscarriage and I'm I'm feeling a bit weak. So I don't think I can meet up. And um, she said, Oh, I'm really sorry going through that. Hey, I just had two great, like she's an older woman. (laughs) Um, I just had two grandbabies born. My first ones, here's photos of them. So not one, but two beautiful, gorgeous, healthy babies that were born like the week I miscarried. I was like, how could you, okay. Like I, I know that wasn't in our heart, but it was just, it was a cool thing to do to someone who had just lost their child. So, um, so yeah, so I think that, um, it was definitely a trigger and, and now I think, um, I've had some friends that are really great that knew I was going through a miscarriage and I said, I wanted to tell you before I told everybody else that I i am um expecting a child and I, I, I know it's hard for you and i'm like no i'm excited i i really am i am so excited for you it's just i'm a little sad for me
1: do you know what i was i would always be worried about if i went through something like that having another one so that would put me off i mean when i had my daughter i ended up in two, intensive care two weeks later because i hemorrhaged and um i think that's oh, been goodness. a part of me not wanting another one I mean I'm not the most paternal anyway (laughs) so I don't want to just blame it on that anyway (laughs) however um yeah I all of that and the drama of it is kind of put me off doing number two I've only got one did that happen with you would you do you feel compelled to have Mm. a third child
2: uh so yeah it's something that's constantly I don't think I could go through uh, a miscarriage again, and then try again. So I, I, I can't put myself through that because, and I need to know my own boundaries. So I think for all of us, even if you went through a traumatic birth, which I'm truly sorry you did, but, and and I think you are smart to recognize what you are capable of, and and to say, you know what, this is. This is what I feel comfortable with, and, and no further. That is healthy. That is very brave, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know. I've heard stories when I when I did come out and share on social media about my miscarriage. I had so many people sharing about five miscarriages, ten miscarriages. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I just yeah, I'm not I'm not that brave. I'm not that mm-hmm. I couldn't do that to to myself and my body, and and that's just my boundary. It's almost like a bit of an underworld. So when I
0: was researching, dare I say, for this episode, I found a lot of resources,
1: actually, but I had to really hunt for them. But that's the UK, I suppose. UK isn't... might be different to the US, isn't it? Yeah. I,
0: I mean, the podcast I stumbled across was, was actually an American one. Okay. But I just wondered, actually, is it that the information is there it's almost like this almost like secret society Mm. and if you know you know kind Mm. of thing and if you don't and your health providers don't push you Mm. to it actually how will you find this how will you find the the information And when I say information Mm -hmm. i mean it could be anything it could be dealing with it at the time how do you process your emotions after and deal with
1: grief and all that kind of good stuff that everyone's going to need you know when you say the underbelly is that more after like when you've had when you've gone through the experience the aftercare or to kind of make you aware to prevent i'm not not saying you can't prevent it because things will happen but is it more the before process or the after process you found the information on no me Yeah. yeah um the after definitely dealing
0: with grief yeah I think Mm -hmm. it's such a big thing and Mm -hmm. it it did go into the territory of like women that had multiple multiple miscarriages as well like I didn't know Mm -hmm. um you know you think yeah one in four women and that kind of thing but these women were having miscarriage Mm -hmm. after miscarriage after miscarriage and honestly that must take so much strength Mm -hmm. to pick up and you know you get that positive pregnancy test and I don't think really you can relax can you no if, if you know if you if you've had a miscarriage yeah. before I, have, I haven't um I haven't however <laughs> I can just imagine how difficult it must be and to be honest when I was pregnant yeah. I worried a lot if, mm. I think I was the same as you Sim um for different reasons I didn't I didn't really have a reason other than until we were at the end goal I felt like I couldn't really settle or relax Um, and I sailed through pregnancy up until slight complications at the end, but for the most part, it was fine. And I did worry and that's coming from someone who actually hadn't miscarried before. Um, so I guess it's kind of hard for me to put into, you know, to figure out just how much people have to deal with, um, you know, once they go through that. So so
2: back to what you said about, um, the information being out there in the whole underbelly side. Um, one of the things that, um, so I, I think with miscarriage, there's not a lot of information about what the actual process is, and when you do see it, it's a yeah. bit sterile. Like it's a bit, um, like mm. it's it's very it's it's not compassionate information. It's more um, just like okay, you will do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and even the doctors, that's the way they're going to present it. You know, this is what you're going through X, Y, and Z, and um, so you don't you don't have that information sooner. Um, for for example, you find out you're pregnant, and I think I think it's actually healthy to do a little bit of research about a miscarriage too. Not, in, and I think a lot of people think that that's bad, like juju or something like to <laughs> um, to, to be thinking about it. And I I understand that, but um, but the thing is, when you're in it. We're in the thick of it and Mm. you are not getting that information, all you're being told Mm. is you have these three options. And I'll tell you quickly, because I think it is smart for us to all know. Because I wouldn't know. um, Options are even for partners that might be listening. Yeah. Yeah. So the three options there, there's a pill you can take that can induce the miscarriage. Um, It's almost like you're inducing labor, but you're inducing miscarriage. Yeah. Um, The bleeding anyways. Um, And then the other one is a DNC. It's dilation and curatage um and basically that is more of a surgery so that's where they actually go in and clear everything out like an um, abortion and that so an that abortion? Can... exactly it's it's similar mm. it is very similar and i what age of pregnant what, so how many weeks in would you have a dnc oh i was 11 weeks
0: right okay, okay. Um, and
2: what's I, the top end i don't know i think at some stage yeah. I think at the stage you actually have to deliver the, the child. So yeah, I had a friend who yeah. miscarried at eight and a half months oh, and don't. she had to actually deliver. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, Oh, I can't even imagine. She's my hero. Um, so you had to the DNC so to come out on the other side. And <laughs> so I'll tell you what I had, I had all three of these. That's why I know about them. And oh, wow. the last one is the natural. So the natural is just letting your body naturally take care of it. So Um, for me without, I I hope I'm not giving too much information, but for me, the miscarriage happened and naturally started, started naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, I had just moved to California. We hadn't sorted out our doctors yet and everything else. So I hadn't gone in for any scans. Um, and it was about 10 weeks is when I experienced the bleeding. I didn't actually miscarry until, um, I didn't actually miscarry until about 11 weeks, but, um, so I started bleeding and, and it was, it was such a shock. I coughed and all of a sudden it, yeah, like I don't, it's most blood that I've ever seen. Um, and it's just shock because, and I think the other thing too, is knowledge about what you're experiencing. So mm-hmm. I was experiencing blood clots that would just, they, they just, mm-hmm. were, it was, it was awful. Yeah. But I was being asked, <laughs> Yeah. Are you? Uh, they were saying like, are you um, losing tissue? But I didn't know what tissue, what the difference no. was. So I've never seen blood clots this big. So mm-hmm. I thought I was losing tissue, and the, yeah. you know, when I finally went to the doctors, well, later that day I went to the doctors, and they said actually the fetus is still there, yeah. so the embryo is still there, um, and the the prenatal sac was still there. So I I was like, oh. Can see that there's an umbilical cord. They wouldn't tell me much, but you know I've had a, a baby before, so I knew what to look for. Yeah. I could see the umbilical cord was there, but there wasn't a heartbeat. And this is when no, at, at this point I'm at the doctor's, at the I'm actually at the emergency room. Okay, sorry. So and they they've taken a scan to see how. No, no, it's fine. They're taking a scan to see how everything is and. So um, they said, you know, make an appointment in a week just to see if um, this pregnancy is viable and they can take your blood and they record certain, I'm forgetting the, sorry, I'm not a medical professional, but they, there's something in your blood that they can, that goes up when you're pregnant. So they can yeah, it's the test hormone, that to see if it state. goes up or down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, um, Thursday, I remember it was on Sunday is when I started on Thursday, I went to recheck my Uh, bloods. And on Fridays when they told me that the blood shows that I have actually miscarried. Um, And we'll come back to what Thursday means because Thursday was significant, but we'll come back to that in a second. Um, So I ended up, because because of the way my body is, um, I continued to bleed for a little bit, but they said, you might experience a little bit more bleeding. I didn't understand that after a certain period, you need to get help. So I just said, oh, they said, this is normal. They said, this is normal. So I didn't reach out for more help. And this is where the lack of information is. And I should have just been told, no, go in right away. What happened is I didn't lose everything. piece of the pregnancy stayed behind. So about um, six weeks after the initial, you know, um, after the initial, I um, went in and they said, you know, no, we, we can't find it, but we know that something is wrong. So Sorry, they gave Daniela, me did you say a couple of weeks? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Isn't that a bit (laughs) negligent? That's where I'm saying that the information, (laughs) Um, I think I kept giving excuses. I kept thinking, you know, and the doctors just said, okay, well, if you, if it gets worse, let us know. And it wasn't getting worse. It just, it just wasn't stopping. I remember having Um, that conversation. So yeah, no, I, and do you know, I've actually spoken with um, uh, someone um, in the UK who she went through 22 days of bleeding. So she Oh god. She's in the same exact boat and I kept saying, "No, tell the doctors, tell the doctors." And and you know, the doctors just kept saying, "Okay, well, well this, well, you know, you can book in a week, you can, you know." So all of this, she didn't know. Like, you know, and and that's the thing is if you don't know, mm. you know, if you're bleeding for too long, just go to the doctors and Why wouldn't
0: Um, they go to the doctors? Just out of interest, if you're pregnant and bleeding, isn't that the first
1: thing that you should do? I think it's because they tell you, if you're going for a miscarriage, they tell you that, oh, you're going to experience some bleeding. They don't tell you, like, to what level, what kind of... If
0: you're going to go for a miscarriage.
1: If you are going for a miscarriage, they kind of, like, send you on your way and say you will experience bleeding, but there's different levels to bleeding, isn't there? At Um, that point when you
0: start bleeding, do you already know at that point you're miscarrying?
1: Yeah, they would have told him that miscarriage, you know, coming. I guess no, no. no. Oh, sorry, so, I apologize. So my,
2: I'm gonna throw it out there. Yeah, no, because I have another friend who, at eight weeks, she bled quite heavily, and they told her she was miscarrying. And then later on, a week later, she went in, and the child was, um, the child's heartbeat came back, and oh God. um, and he, and you know, he's healthy. He has a couple of health issues, but he's healthy and lovely. So. This I is why I'm only that, doing it once. I, I,
1: think, I can't deal with
2: all of this. It's too stressful.
1: <laughs> God, just talking about oh, it. Like I'm, I'm interested, sorry. But it's, I'm so stressed
2: out. <laughs> oh God. I'm geez. sorry. Cause it is, it is a very hard issue and I can understand why people don't want to talk about it. Let me just say, so the DNC, you can actually have that done before you start bleeding. So it's almost like a way to, and I think my advice to women out there is if, especially if you're in the, you know, when you go for your initial ultrasound, they say that the, the child is no longer viable. You know, the fetus is no longer viable. At that point you have the choice to, um, you know, induce the bleeding, bleed naturally. And some people want their bodies to feel that release. Um, And then you also have the, yeah, I know. Well, but you also have the, uh, the DNC in which, you can kind of go in and they surgically kind of like clear you out. It's not, sorry, it's not a surgery. Like they don't cut you open or anything. It's, um, it's not that bad. And I ended up getting that in the end because I, I needed it. My body wasn't able to flush out. Did you have that option? Because in the UK,
1: I don't think you get an option. You just get what you're given. But please, if I've got that wrong, I apologize. But I don't think you get to have an option. I think no. the doctors make that assessment for
2: you and you get what you get so i think you do have that option but you have to advocate for your advocate for yourself okay. and i think that's why i you know the information needs to be out there cuz i had a friend um uh, two friends in the uk in the past 4 months um i have a third one in the us but um, one of them, she in the scan was told that the the fetus was not viable. And then she was told her options and sent home. So we had a long, you know, a couple hour conversation so she could see her options. And she chose to go directly for the DNC because it was, it's the cleanest route. It's the, you know, it's kind of like you go in and, you know, a half hour later, hour later, everything is, is done. And she didn't have to feel her body go through it. And for her, that was the healthiest, best option. And for me, I I think looking back, I would have taken that route if I had known um, because I I bled for so many weeks and that was, that was so traumatizing, just constantly day in and day in out being reminded of what I had lost. So I think for me, that was the trauma that really broke me. Mm.
0: Do you think a big part of miscarriage is the not knowing why? I think for me, if I lost a baby, I'd always want to know why Mm -hmm. is it me is it mm. so? You know, I'd always think, what could I have done um, to prevent it? Do you yeah. think a lot of women feel that
2: way? Mm. Did you feel that way? Yeah, definitely. I. Mm. Yeah, I will say no, I didn't, mm. um, because uh, because they were told that you know chromosomal chromosomally, if I'm saying that word correct, <laughs> something sometimes it just doesn't work. Like yeah. you know, it just it's not viable. The way you know the the child just uh, failure to thrive is what they say. Yes. And I think because I knew it was so common, I just said, okay, actually, like sometimes this just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, cause I, I knew that I was even healthier than what I had been, you know, cause for my, uh, for my daughter, for my first one, I didn't know I was pregnant until a little bit later. So I, you know, I had a little few crazy nights <laughs> during that first <laughs> pregnancy. Um, whereas this one, I was a lot healthier sure
1: (laughs) what's that like when you have to tell people you know you would have told people you're pregnant everyone's celebrating what's it like when you then have to break the news Mm -hmm. to people or were there any awkward moments where people are talking to you like you're still pregnant
2: um I think um in, in this regard, um, Michael is a great support, my husband, um, you know, of just communicating with people and just saying, Daniella will reach out when she's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to send anything, she'll read it, but, um, or listen to it, you know, whatever it might be, but she'll reach out when she's ready. And um, I was going to tell you that um, uh, the reason why that Thursday was important is I had an interview at my dream company on that day. And, um, and I was still, bleeding quite a bit. And, um, it was a video interview. So I had to, like, my face had to be ready, like had to be, you know, upbeat and energized. And I, my, my body was weak, not only just because of, I was losing so much blood, but also because emotionally I just, you know, I lost my child. So, um, so I had to I had to kind of gear up the strength for that. And I I did reach out to some friends because I um the interview was originally on a Tuesday and I asked them to reschedule and they asked for Thursday, but which I agreed to, but um, I didn't know how to ask for that because, you know, I, I was like, how do I communicate? I have a family emergency. And so I reached out to some friends and I said, I'm going to, I was like, I'm, I'm telling you that I just went through a miscarriage, but I'm not ready to process it. I need you to help me with this. So I was very clear with people when I um, did communicate with them of what I was ready to handle and what I was ready to talk about. Um, but um, we had just told family at that point. So I know that, I know that, you know, Um, michael is just able to reach out to the family Mm -hmm. members and just say hey we're you know this is what we're going through
1: i wouldn't be able to deal with the tiptoeing around me Mm -hmm. do you know that you know like everyone knows what's Mm -hmm. happened and they're just tiptoeing around you like i mean you know me i'm an extrovert i'd want to talk about it and i Mm -hmm. feel better talking about it i know everyone's different but i couldn't bear everyone just Mm -hmm. tiptoeing around Mm -hmm. me with like an elephant in the room Mm -hmm. Mm, that would do my head in So how do you commemorate
0: losing a child? Is there a special day that's special to you? Would it be, what would be the due date? Is it the day you you lost the baby? How, how do people Mm. generally kind of, um, you know, celebrate this, this, this life that didn't, didn't become viable?
2: Yeah, no, great question. I think each person has their own process, has their own, um, uh, their their own journey through this, and I think what's really important is um, to go through this grief, you know, to process this grief because I uh, th- there's a lot of people that hold on to this um, whether they, I mean sometimes even with well a lot of times with an abortion but with a miscarriage they've held on to this grief and they've how do I say they 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 it's it's almost like a bit of their heart is is still bro- there's still a brokenness there, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I know um, I know for me there was a couple of things that I I did do. Um, I I gave my child a name, and I mm-hmm. my mom had told me this story, and it it sat true with her as well. It, it's some old film that um, about someone who who died and went to heaven and ended up meeting their sister who had been miscarried and um, in heaven and he said we've always wanted to know what is your name and 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 she looked at him and she said I don't know my parents never named me so when my mom told me that story it kind of sat and I was like I I want to give my child a name and um, there was one one time where I was just grieving and and just weeping and the name Joya Mia which is Italian for my joy just kept going through my head and and this child fought to be a part of our, our lives, even though, you know, it was a, for a short time, but they fought to be there. And, um, and they were my joy because, you know, we found out it was a joy to find out. So um, I've named our child Joy Amia. Um I've actually gotten her, um, I recommend, I mean, for, for some people, they feel comfortable. I got the name inscribed on a necklace
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I haven't felt brave enough to wear the necklace, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I have it so I can still carry Joy Mia with me. Um, but it's just a way that I can kind of honor her, her, her life sure. and her, her fight to be with us. Um, and lastly, I, on the due date,
1: mm-hmm. as
2: I think a good time to also, um, a- acknowledge that time, you know, cause uh, is to acknowledge, I mean, for, for some people, it was a recommendation I got from a couple of friends who had been through a miscarriage is on the due date, you know, light a candle or, you know, have a special meal or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I do have a funny story about that. Um, but I but just first wanted to ask what you guys thought about that too. About commemorating, the celebrating. Commemorating, like what would feel healthy for you guys? Because mm-hmm. I think that's our own personal question, but what would feel like a way for you guys to, to honour, to celebrate, to, um, to just remember this, this little
1: mm,
2: I life? Know. I think from
1: people that I know, they come from a culture where they just don't talk about it, if I'm honest. It's kind of like, oh, well, if the mm-hmm. baby's not here, then it's not here. And why, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a thing. I think deep down in their heart, I know it's a thing. But yeah, yeah. So that's why I find it really brave for you to talk about it because I think you bring it to life but um, that's my experience. A lot of people that I know just don't even see it until the baby's here and in your arms. It's not a baby, mm-hmm. which is quite, it's not nice yeah. really.
2: I feel like in the UK when, um, when I was there, and this could be too why you guys weren't finding as much of Like the US, everyone wants to process their emotions. And mm-hmm. that's what I found. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, everyone is very like, they're like cold. you know, at work, I remember if I said stuff, people were like, Well, that's 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 too much detailed information. Like, you know, and we like, You know, with the pregnancy, I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have the worst gas. And I, well, okay, not, and we don't talk about these things, yeah. <laughs> Wait, we we're more recording? conservative, aren't we? In
1: the UK, we are very much con- more conservative. Um, but <laughs> well, yeah, my experience a lot of it is you do it, you get over it, get on. Do you think that's still the
0: do you think from what sim just said about kind of the british british stiff upper lip where we're just expected to just man up get on with it not really show much emotion do you think that's um kind of the same with employers yeah definitely yeah because my thing about mm. i guess if definitely if like miscarriage would i contact my employer and then say oh have a, have as have as long as you need because they don't want to deal with it do they um, what's I have no kind of um, experience of this kind of thing. So our employers, yeah, how how do they? Well, mine is more
1: male dominated, so well, they'd it, they'd just be mm-hmm. awkward because they don't want to see a lady crying full stop. Mm-hmm. And then basically, oh, hmm. just take it over there. Whatever you need, I'll pay you whatever. <laughs> whatever holiday you need, go on. When really, from a woman's point of view, you just want to talk about it. But from a man, they're just like and just take whatever you need that's well, that's the impression i yeah. would get yeah
2: how about so i was thinking about this actually like historically because a lot of women as soon as they were in the family way they were no longer employable so mm-hmm. you know because we're talking about men being more of the um you know the managers and owners of the companies yeah. and, and whatnot but so for a lot of women, and actually in many countries, we're still seeing a lot of that once they're in the family way, they're no longer employable. And mm-hmm. um, and I think, I wonder if a lot of that has carried down. Um, I, I think it's in two part. One, women don't want to, you know, in the first trimester, they don't want to say anything because of the risk of miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but also they don't want to, you know, jeopardize anything at their job, whether it's getting a raise, um, yeah, you, know, getting, <laughs> you know, under review, whatever it might be, they don't want to, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I was in the same boat. So you don't want to jeopardize anything. Um, and that's why people don't feel like it, it, they're comfortable to talk about it. But I think employers, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that I, I mean, I still went through a pretty rigorous interview process, <laughs> you know, to... Um, but I've seen so many women that you know they can still work. It's a good distraction to be working. Mm-hmm. But just given that grace that if they maybe need to leave a little bit earlier, work remote for you know a day. Or, I mean, everybody's working remote nowadays. But you know, just given a little bit of grace to, um, uh, to to go through what they need to go through.
1: Yeah.
0: And actually, now I think about it, we say one in four women. I know a couple. But I don't know a lot of women. Is that just because they've chosen not to say?
1: Yeah, you know, I think so, so. It's probably a, a it little bit. most likely. Mm. Yeah. Depends on stages as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. Depends how far gone they've gone, of how much people are at- attached yeah. to the situation. Because yeah. you're two years, right? Is that yeah. right? Two years. A um, um, year and a half. Well,
0: yeah, about year 18 year
1: months. But I mean, how far gone in their pregnancy?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, course. you know,
1: if you've lost what um, a baby in your first trimester, or like within the first two, three weeks,
0: compared to like yeah, what you're saying eight and a half months. That's actually quite a good point. Actually, is yeah.
2: there
0: in terms of like processing that grief? Is is it well? Is it is it harder? Because the baby's kind of closer to full term.
1: I think so. It I, is. I assume
0: it would be, but a loss of a baby is still a loss of a baby. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's probably different for different people.
2: Well, do you have any- Yeah, I think that um I yeah, I think it's different for different people. Mm-hmm. Um depends on how much you guess, want the baby uh, so as well. I th- yes and no. I mean, I, I think because your your body is physically going through something. So I think that there is a lot of uh I think that's the one thing that um, people don't speak of is your body is physically going through trauma. You know, this is a very traumatic thing for your body to do, and your body is trying to heal. So, I think even when it's earlier on, I think it is traumatizing. Definitely later on, because at that point you're you're feeling the kicks and you're feeling the you know the burps and all those other things that are happening. Um, I have a friend, the the friend who um, the closer one who lost her baby at eight and a half months. She, um, she now, every day on the, the day that um, they lost, the, where she had to actually give birth to, this, to her child, what she'll do is she um, asks all of her friends to give sunflowers to people. And mm-hmm. it's just a, something I did in the UK too. And she just said, you know, because um, just give uh, randomly, give sunflowers to people just to brighten their day. And, um, and it's their way of kind of um, honoring their, their little one. Um, because they did actually get to hold their child and I Okay, so for women that have gone through the physical side of miscarriage then,
0: so let's talk a little bit about the emotional side. So maybe um, you know, how do you process your emotions or how do you control your emotions after going through something so kind of um traumatizing?
2: Yeah. No, this is this is an area that I think a lot of women and and again, not a lot of information about this too. There's there's some really great blogs out there, but um I think, I think when you're going through it to know what you need, know the people that you need, like the tribe of people that you need around you, Mm -hmm. um, to, to help you process this. Know um, there's small little tokens of things that you can do for yourself. Um, I think, you know, um, frozen too. There's, um, Sven, the reindeer, he's talking, um, he says this one line that I think is really, um, can you tell I have a toddler? Um, is really good. He says, "You feel what you feel, and those feelings are real." And I think that's the thing is, we as women feel like we have to keep going. We can't talk about this grief; it's a silent grief, like I said. And just realizing that those feelings are real, like they're going to wake you up in the dead of the night, and they're in, you're going to be so overwhelmed with this sadness, and that's okay. And it's okay to cry, and it's okay to um, to go through these feelings, like you said about triggers, like yeah. you know, seeing other. Um, babies, like those are okay. Like it is okay to feel those things. So we normalize um, And I think that's the feelings. one. Yeah, normalize. exactly. To feel that you can, um, yeah, to know that, that it is okay to feel all these and to, mm-hmm. to, to let it out. If you need to scream, if you need to, whatever you need to do, let it out because you just, you just don't want to hold all of this in because it will come back to haunt you. Um, mm-hmm. They might not understand, but it's okay to just, you know, I had friends that would just let me cry on the phone and, And, you know, I I do feel that, um, you know, spiritually, I feel that, you know, my child went to to heaven and knowing that there's people in heaven that know me. So my best friend is up there and my my closest uncle, just knowing that they were there to greet my child and they're going to raise Joya Mia until I'm ready to meet her, you know, so and those feelings are okay. Well,
0: that's the end of this episode then. Thank you so much for sharing your um, experience with us. Thank I can imagine you. it's quite a, you know, still a tough subject to talk about. Um, maybe it's kind of therapy for you, kind of talking and educating the masses on this
1: kind of thing. And educating me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it helps me as well. Yeah, sure.
1: This is why I'm sticking with number one.
0: <laughs> sticking with the one. Okay then. So all right then guys. So that's the end of this episode then. So as always, join us on our social channels, Twitter at unsure and Instagram at this is unsure podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, Bye. guys.
2: Bye-bye.